0: A couple weeks ago, I went to visit the church at uh, um, Minyota, where I soon will be named pastor. And uh, as I do in every church, I, I look around and I look at what's important to the, the parishioners, at least the parishioners that built the church. And uh, we can see that in the particular statues they, they have erected or in the stained glass windows. And uh, so, you know, there's very few churches that do not have an image of their patron saint at least, uh, whether it's a statue or a stained glass window, or maybe it's even a painting. And so, that, like I said, that's very typical that we, we do this in the Catholic Church. We have these images that remind us, and there's something of uh, an ancient understanding of things in that process uh, that we would put up. These reminders. The Athenians are no different. While they are a little different, instead of putting up statues and stained glass that remind us of God, the one eternal God, they set up shrines of all the gods, all the particular gods. So they had Athena, and they had Zeus, and they had. They had Mars and, and uh, or, or, or um, not Mars, Mars is a Greek, or the Roman god, um, I forget, the Ares, uh, the god of war. They, they set up all these shrines for the gods, but uh, if you remember Greek myth enough, uh, I've said this before, I know I've said it here before, uh, if you know Greek myth, you did not want the gods to meddle with you. In fact, we heard that, uh, I think it was on Monday, wasn't it, where we had... Barnabas and Paul walked into a town, and and somebody was healed, and they started sacrificing. Well, the reason they did that is because Zeus was a mean, terrible god. Every time he entered human, uh, interacted with humans, somebody was either going to end up pregnant or dead. And so, because they had that understanding of gods, they set up a shrine to an unknown god. So, if an unknown god, a god that they had not built a shrine to, came into their town, they, they could and, and started causing trouble. They could say, "Oh no, no, no! We've we've been worshiping you. Uh, we just didn't know your name." So, there's your shrine over there. It's kind of funny when you think about it, but. St. Paul today, as he goes into the Areopagus, this would have been like the, um, the big university, where all the philosophers would have gathered and talked and exchanged ideas. As he goes in, he proclaims to them, I see, you're a very religious people. You have all these shrines, but you're worshiping a God you do not know. You're worshiping a God that you cannot understand. He's the God that made you. You're worshiping him, but not understanding him. I had a realization this morning that, uh, and it's not not a novel uh, revelation, but uh, or an understanding. But we all have the same God, but we don't all worship the same God. And that's what Saint Paul is saying: you, we have the same God. In Him, we live and move and have our being. He. Uh, Where is it? We too are his offspring. We all have the same God, but you're not worshiping the God who created you. You're worshiping all these other gods, false gods. We might even see demonic gods. And so he begins to proclaim to them Jesus Christ. He begins to name that unnamed God. And he says, This is a God that created you. This is a God that has set a time. You in the past have worshiped him out of ignorance, but the time of ignorance is now past. Let me name for you now the one to worship. And the fact that he is to be worshiped is known because he sent Jesus Christ to rise from the dead. We had him in the palm of his hand until that moment. Because once we talk about the resurrection of the dead, we talk about how different the God we worship is. Zeus killed people. Ares was a god of war. And while God, our Creator, our Father, also allows and and certainly, these days, allows death. Not not that I read a statistic yesterday, you know this maybe, that life has a 100% mortality rate. But this God is a God who gives life, who raises Christ from the dead, and St. Paul didn't necessarily uh, say this, at least in the speech that we have recorded from St. Luke in today's Acts, Acts of the Apostles. But we, too, are to be raised from the dead. And that causes people to turn away. But that doesn't take away from the truth that we live and believe. Because that truth is confirmed in us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. This day... We live in a world that is probably as confused as the Athenians were. They relied on their own wisdom. There was a great exchange of ideas. Time and time again, their philosophers told them, this is is what we believe, or this is what we ought to believe, this is what truth is. But the more they relied on their own understanding, the less they understood. And they needed St. Paul to name to them the God that we need to worship. Today, as we honor St. Bernadine, perhaps that's the, the, the greatest gift that he left us, as a reminder that we worship somebody we know. We worship Jesus Christ, who reveals God the Father to us, who sends the Holy Spirit to us. And now, some 600 and some years later, we continue to need to have Jesus Christ proclaimed to us. Every feast, every memorial of St. Bernadine, I'm reminded I still have the original somewhere in my, I don't know what box it's in right now, but somewhere, but I have a cousin, my mom's first cousin, who, when I was about 10 years old, gave me a little card that on the front just simply had one word, and it was Jesus. And on the back of the card said, pray this, pray this. It had a few more words, but those are the words that stuck out to me. That every time we say the name of Jesus, it is in itself a prayer. It means God saves. God saves. Not Dr. Bergs or Fauci, not uh, President Trump or Hillary or Biden not Governor Waltz, not the best or the worst of politicians, not the best or worst of doctors, not the best or worst of even priests, bishops, but Jesus. So let us this day proclaim the name of Jesus as he's named for us.